This episode of the Inside Running Podcast is brought to you by Blackroll, innovation leaders for simple but effective tools, improving recovery, activation, and sleep for better performance in sport and everyday life. Available now at blackroll.com.au. Check out the running collection on their web store. Welcome to episode 265 of the Inside Running Podcast. It's been a relatively quiet week in the world of running, but we have all the regular segments to keep you entertained. Plus, you get to hear from two blokes who are ranked in the top 50 fastest Australian marathons of all time. My first co-host is ranked 46th with his 214.42, putting him just one spot behind Shoe Geek's co-host, Tom DeCanto. Welcome, Julian Spence. How are you, Moose? Oh, I'm getting lower, I reckon. Getting lower every every month, but thank you. That is a um, that's a it's always a bit of banter on the Shoe Geeks podcast because one second I think Tommy has yeah. me by. He does. I thought I'd uh, I thought I'd get a bit more of a bite out of you having uh, Tommy there one spot above you. Very yeah, and who knows? You know, I stopped my watch a bit right on the line. I reckon Japanese timing system might not have been that good that day. How, how long do you reckon you got till you're um, outside the top 50? Well, who's running this weekend? We have Toby, uh, Brady. Mm-hmm. Already Goddard's in front of me. Brett's in front of me. Who else is running that we know of from Australia? Uh, no one for the rest of this year, I don't Look, think. I reckon I'm safe for another week. But uh, no, maybe I reckon you got six months. Six months. Six months. No, you've got yeah, you got the you got this year covered, I reckon. Even though the pandemic, to be honest, that wouldn't hurt me too bad. <laughs> yeah, I reckon that helped everyone a little bit. Could go so, with pandemic. Yeah. All right, we'll go to uh, the other co-host who has a marathon PB of two twelve twenty three, placing him equal twenty sixth on the Australian rankings alongside two thousand and twelve Olympian Marty Dent. He's a Com Games representative, multiple Australian cross country champ. And the Bendigo Bats pin-up boy. Welcome back to the Inside Running Podcast, Andy Buchanan. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me on again. Um, no. Moose, I was thinking, who would be two spots in front of you? Ah, oh, Jesus. Wouldn't be wouldn't be Nick Earl, would it? Oh yeah, no, he's not Australian. Fuck yeah, off. no, he's not on the Aussie. Oh. He's not on the Aussie rankings. He's not Spewing. even close to Australian. There's no way we would let him in this country, like, and have him sign up. I'd sponsor him just so he can be ahead of you. Good work, happen. Andy. That That is a name that will get Moose no, to bite. Well, you two blokes would get on real well, I reckon, you and Nick. <laughs> I reckon you two blokes on a plane together, just hanging out at a race hotel, S- sign you blokes up for uh, a lot of time spent together, a lot of good chat between you two. 
tell you what's funny. My earliest memory of Nick Earl is doing Lakeside 10 one day, like the uh, AV race, and in the lead group, <clears throat> just rolling along, and um, there's this bloke who sounds like he's dying, and I'm like, who is this bloke? I've never seen him before, and it was Nick Earl. And now looking back, it all just makes sense because you know he makes that groaning and that moaning, and he was just doing that for like I can just do it for seven k of this ten k race. And I thought, who is this flog? And now I just know it's oh, it's just Nick Earl. But um, so he carries yeah. on, doesn't he? He does. He does. My my first memory was um, on a run in Ballarat, and Nath Hardigan telling me about how he was running one of them races, like uh, that one in Melbourne, um, City to Babe, was it? Uh, oh yeah. Or yeah, like probably. one city of them, to, city to sea, city, city to sea, yeah, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and he crossed the line, and this bloke behind him like comes up to him, shakes his hand, and goes, "Oh, mate, two one now." And Nate's like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" <laughs> He's like, two one, yep, you, you've beaten me twice, and I beat you that other time." Oh, and, that's great. Uh, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough, enough Nick Earl talk. He'll be loving this if he's listening. Um, Andy, we had you on about a month ago. What's been happening since we last had you on? Yeah, so um, just a fair bit of work, a bit of school, a uh, fair bit of running actually because I had I just come off a bit of a break, I think, from memory. I think I had two weeks off and then I just started running back again when I was on. Um, so a fair bit of training. Did a 3K race, which uh, was good fun um mm, towed up by a few juniors yeah i'm okay with that um so i went down there just to see if i was still eager to race around the track like you know it's just it's just a different it's a different type of uh racing compared to road racing and it's just i just wanted to see if i still enjoyed it and uh i actually normally i'd be livid if i got like out kicked in the last 200 but i was I was still a bit annoyed, but I was okay with it. Like that's that's those boys' bread and butter. Like they should be, they should be rolling me. And um, so I just I just enjoyed racing really, which um, yeah, it was good fun. And yeah, just been training, a fair bit of training. Nothing, nothing too exciting really of note over the last month. Finally enjoying some warm weather, which is good. Why um didn't we see you at the Vic Five K champs? Yeah, I actually forgot about them, and I just thought oh, I'll do a three K because a three K you can. You can kind of roll out and it doesn't really bang you up too much. It's pretty short distance, whereas 5K, I feel like it's just that little bit harder. And I didn't want to do a 3K than a 5K because I purely just wanted to do one track race. Um, I actually fully forgot about Vic 5K champs and I, I prefer milers. So, um, forgot about them about <laughs> 10 seconds after finishing that 3K, just had some amnesia come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing anything this short ever again. <laughs> I reckon the, I reckon the three k leading into the five's perfect because you, you know, it then makes makes the first three k and five feel pretty good. Yeah, it does. It's just, I don't know, doing races all the time just gets in the way of of training. And like for me, you've got to drive two hours, and like the the races are pretty late, so. I just kind of – I wanted to do that 3K, that Vic Milers, and it was essentially my decider is do I want to do Zatapak or do I just keep training through to World Cross trials? Um, and that's kind of like I did it and I was like, yep, I'm happy. All right, let's kind of – let's plan towards um, towards Zatapak. And then whereas if I didn't enjoy it, I would have just kind of just got back into good training really. So It sort of works out pretty well, Zatapak, doesn't it? Like – how far, uh, about a month before World Cross? 
Yeah, well, the I trials, think sorry, yeah, the yeah, I think it'll be nearly bang on a month actually. So it's um, yeah, it is good timing, and I find. For me personally, I like having some races before big races because it, like at the moment, a lot of my when I'm thinking about races, I'm actually thinking about Zatapec rather than thinking about World Cross, um, and that's what I've done in the marathon before. Where, you know what it's like when you have a marathon and you plan it for half a year, and that's all you think about. I think you can run the race too many times in your head. Um, so yeah, I quite I quite like having those little races before the bigger races. Did yeah. you find did you find the three k brought your training up a little bit? It's like a real hard effort. Yeah, I I actually thought it was going to be harder than what it was. I thought I was going to feel that first lap and be like, "Holy shit, my legs are not there." But I actually felt pretty good throughout, and that's why I kind of I made a bit of a move with three laps to go because I was kind of like, "I'm pretty keen to keep this pretty honest." Um, but then I've been doing a bit of track stuff in the last few weeks and been feeling pretty good and kind of rolling along like tonight I did um a fair bit of stuff and then like a mile in 67s and 67s felt pretty comfortable whereas I think previously before this it, I wouldn't have been able to do a mile straight at that so I think it definitely did bring it up um but yeah I think this is probably the most anyone's ever spoken about a third place at a Vic Milers so we better 811 was it was it 811 I think it was 811 yeah yeah, yeah. It, it, to be honest it was my favorite third place at a Vic Milers ever <laughs> Thanks, Moose. I knew you'd be cheering on from home. Oh yeah, the the chat group was going off. I reckon you'd I reckon you would take an eight eleven, Moose. Ah, uh, don't worry about time, mate. Third place. That's all we worry about. <laughs> no, it's I'd... good to see a good to see an old marathon boy on the track. Old, jeez. Yeah, Gosh. well, you are a veteran now. You're racing against kids that you probably taught last year. Yes, that is true. Yes. Yeah, I'll I'll pay that. But um no, I don't know. I was just I just want to get down there and have a race. I think too many people just hide hide away. They say, No, I'm a marathoner, I only do marathons, whereas I'm I don't know, I'm not about that. So it was good fun. Do you wanna take us through your last week? I've got your Strava open here. It looks like you clocked off hundred and forty nine K. Yeah, so pretty good week. I'm not really too focused on Ks at the moment. Um just kind of just ticking along and it is what it is um, and just focusing on two good sessions. So Monday was pretty chill, just did uh, a bit over an hour, so just short of 14K, just through the bush. Um, I actually ran at Macedon the Sunday, the day before this, so I was pretty keen just to take it easy. Um, what did you so run was, there for? Is that close? Just, no, it's about an hour. So, um, yeah, just decided to run with, you know, Simon, hands. Um, yep. He lives just in Wooden there, and we often run together. And he's never been game to run Macedon. And uh, I was just like, oh, I'm doing Macedon. And he's like, yep, I'm actually in. So uh, I just love it. Like, have you done the loop there, Moose? Uh, I've done a loop. I ran one loop. I, I did a couple of loops. So one time I ran up the cross, and the other time I ran up the road from the town. Okay, yeah. Which way did you go up? Yeah, so we went to the cross, and then you go around to the camel's hump. Yeah, and then you oh, go you around. You, you parked at the cross, or you ran up from the bottom. No, I parked at the bottom of the cross. Oh yeah, yeah. So you run up to the cross and up then the around. Up the track. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty and then it is actually. Um, See the ele- have you seen this moose on his Strava? Well, I've Full- been up that trail, so the, I know. The fourth K had two hundred and three meters of elevation. Yeah, and I knew this would get brought up. <laughs> that's a that's a hike though. That is a hike. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So, yeah, it's a really good spot to run and up around the top where uh, the lake is. I highly recommend anyone um, to go there. And I actually ran with Seamus O'Dwyer as well, so he'll like that that little plug there. So mm. Monday was pretty easy. Uh, Tuesday morning, just got out with the kids. That was 5K. And then um, had a big, big session at the lake with the bats, which was good on Tuesday afternoon. Had a few uh, few new training partners this week, which was good. So I had um, Rose Davies. So she's... Um, She's staying with me for the week, no, the month, sorry, leading up to Zatapec. So she was there, which was good. And um, she seems to bring a fair few people out. I think a lot of people want to run with a Olympian. So uh, we had a big group and uh, actually had Achuka Moama's premium uh, athlete come down and join us. So Archie was with us, which was good. So we did um, nine by K. The brief was to make one fast and we kind of decided that'd be the seventh um but then archie kind of led the last rep and there's a bit of um you can tell he trained with brady a fair bit because we actually ran the same pace for the last one so we did these were off a minute we did uh 257 257 253 253 253 254 247 251 then 247 so um that was a pretty good session pretty pretty comfortable there feeling pretty good uh nice weather but yeah archie in that last one he just goes to the front and puts these little surges in and um yeah he was uh he was fanging it in that last rep so but i suppose that's what you get when you train with brady all the time <laughs> mm-hmm. but um that was good good group there and then uh wednesday morning just got out for our wildflower wednesday which was good another good group just did 20k uh pretty cruisy like 440 pace it's pretty I don't know if you guys, because we do a late Tuesday night session, so you're kind of training at 4.30, so you kind of finish at 6.30, then by the time you come home, have dinner, and then I run at 6.30 Wednesday morning, so it's actually pretty hard that, and it's always like that medium long run, it's pretty tricky on that Wednesday. Yeah, So we just rough. Yeah, I think it's the roughest turnaround of the whole week. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just take that pretty easy, so that was, yeah, 20 and a half K, hour 36 just 440s uh ran the whole way with rose which was good and a few others heaps of boys on that loop um thursday morning just ran with the kids and then actually got a massage and had a bit of stuff at school so it was a pretty low mileage day for me i got out for uh, not even 30 minutes six 6.3 k thursday afternoon uh in between some work stuff and a massage um with benny stoltz so that was um i don't know like I probably could have ran after my massage, but I was just like, well, what's like, what am I going to get from running an extra like five or six K when I've just gone and got a massage? It's probably going to undo a fair bit of that. And it's just going to be like running. Then I'm going to be late home, have late dinner, probably get a shit night's sleep. So I just kind of decided like six and a half K that's, that's far enough. I'm not going to get much fitness gains from say waiting an hour than doing like, um, like 10 or 12 K like I normally would. So um friday morning uh did what we do we did hills thresh hills thresh so this was actually good fun it was a uh you know those mornings when you just get up and it's like that little bit of a chill in the air but it's not cold it's not hot it's perfectly still and you're like i'm actually really keen to get running um that's what it was like on this day and we've got a really nice um really nice grass oval in town that is it's footy during winter, it's all about footy and it's pretty long grass and not great nick. But then summer, it turns into a cricket oval and they keep the grass really nice and short. So it's actually perfect for running on. 
Um, so we did six by one minute hills, then you kind of jog to the oval. Uh, we did a 3K thresh, then jog back to the hills, do six by minute again, and then a 3K thresh. So my 3K times were nine. 9.16 and 8.53, so kind of cruising along there pretty well. It's, um, yeah, it's the, the GPS around the oval is quite interesting because sometimes it's way off, but we actually put a wheel around it and it's 4.80 um, around the outside. So we kind of roughly know that it's, um, you're kind of doing, it's about a 500 metre loop. So it's, yeah, the GPS. You, lines? Pretty, you got lines or cones out? Nah, we just kind of run that kind of metre in from the fence. Um, so it's not... It's like it's you take we put, a, we, we put a wheel on it, but we yeah, <laughs> we run, just run the a wheel line. around the uh, <laughs> well, you, you know what it's like sometimes you get like on the track and your watch is way off. And I just wanted to roughly know. And then if I'm doing like if I'm doing a 3k thresh, it actually doesn't really matter if it's because you're just running to effort, yeah. Whereas if we're doing K reps, I actually kind of know where I should be starting and finishing and that kind of stuff, but um. Hey, if it adds a bit of mayo, it's just a bit of extra confidence. That's how it works, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got a, I I got a question it. though. Yeah. How can you how can you run a thresh like you've said thresh, right? Yep. Three k at nine sixteen. That's when you're a bit fresher. So you'd mm-hmm. imagine your heart rate might be a bit lower. Last yeah. last your last rep when you've done thresh and you've done twelve by a minute hill, which are difficult. Yeah. And now all of a sudden your threshold pace is like seven yeah. seconds quicker. Yeah, yeah. So I suppose I use the word threshold in a, like a bit of a throwaway term because I actually have never had my zones tested. Um, and Scotty, like my coach, actually said, just push, push the second one a bit, but we're not like we're not using it as a fitness test. Like just push that a little bit more than what you would. So that's why it's a little bit faster. And I just kind of, when I say threshold, I mean like a a given effort. And I actually felt probably better in that the second 3k than the first 3k because we started the session at 6:37, so it's pretty early um like and that's not warming up at 6:37. that's starting the session um and i find uh hills uh you'll love this are really good for activating the muscles isn't that right croaks it's true it's true well that's what some people think others don't but yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's when i say threshold i just mean an effort i don't mean actual um yeah threshold you mean like it's not a rep but it's not an easy run yes <laughs> i love yeah. that the broad yeah. the broad term it's a very broad term um but i don't know it's worked for us and i think he kind of when scotty uses threshold he kind of knows that i know what what that should be and i don't think because often i'm training by myself i'm not like overdoing my training kind of thing um because you're not, not racing them yeah I'm we're, not racing where you're them. actually on the, the wrong side of it exactly and i'm always leading these reps um and it's always kind of judged on how i'm feeling and if i'm feeling pretty crap i'll just take it easy kind of thing so it's a long sesh like over, <clears throat> yeah. an hour, over an hour yeah well the actual session itself is 15.7 k but you've got to factor in the jogs and the thing with hills is you can go up it, but then you got to get down it. So that's like a lot of that time is just that jog back down. Um, normally double, normally double some like the, the what have you been doing here? Up, yeah, nearly double mm. the um. Is that right? Nearly double the the ascent. I normally yeah. add about thirty, at least thirty seconds. So if I'm doing minute hills, like ninety second jog back down recovery. Yeah. I don't know doing, what uh, one, yeah, like uh, 147, 
152. Yes, yeah, almost yeah. double. Yeah, I would. I think double's fine. <clears throat> well, double. I think yeah, I think so because the whole point of hills is the uphill, not the downhill. Yeah. Um. So it's like I've always, I never look at like what my recoveries are because if you're feeling good, you'll jog a little bit faster. Whereas if you're not feeling good, you'll slow it down. And I think that's completely fine because it's all about the uphill unless you're doing I don't know some different stuff. So um, it is I, a long. Yeah. I think a lot of people do get that wrong where. Well, they run distance and everything's everything has to be they have to turn it like into an in, endurance effort. So yeah. rests the jogs quickly and then like no one wants to stand still and we'll do like long hard repeats with short rest. It, fartleks are always floated instead of jogged and like this yeah. one I, I just don't think you're getting the the benefit of the workout by doing that like you yeah. said yeah it's funny like tonight i was chatting with archie like he trained with us and um we had some different sets and just a jog lap between and i was just kind of like oh yeah i normally take about three and a half to four minutes just depending on how i'm feeling like sometimes i get to three minutes i'm like yeah i feel recovered and good to go but then other times it's like i'm taking four minutes and it's like i know i think it's you want to try to get that heart rate down and um and make sure you can hit the quality of that next rep so it's um but it is a big session but i'm used to doing this kind of stuff so it's um yeah it was good fun though really good session and you know just training in different spots sometimes um yeah it's really enjoyable but then got out for a double that afternoon just with Rose, just down to the lake and back, which was good. So that was 37 minutes, 8.3K. And then a bit of a weird weekend because I did a session today, which is Monday because I'm heading on camp tomorrow. I actually did my long run on Saturday, um, which was – it wasn't too bad, but I've got a bit of a theory where I reckon on a Sunday morning you nearly get the first, like, five to 10 Ks for free because it's just like Sunday morning and you're with the group and you're like vibe, good vibes kind of, I don't know. Do you guys agree or? Well, I think it's more, yeah, like distance runners are just creatures of habit. So it feels mm. like, you know, you should be out doing that on a Sunday and so you sort of prepare yourself for it, whereas then if you're doing it on a different day, it just doesn't feel right. Well, why did you do it on Saturday? Because you, you wanted to do a session today. Yeah, I did a session today, so therefore I – I brought it forward a day, so therefore I wasn't doing a long run into a track session. What? What? Why did you want to do a session today? Because I'm I'm going on school camp tomorrow, which is Tuesday morning. So we're leaving at seven a.m. Right. Okay. Yeah. We did we did talk about this before, but that's all right. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> weren't listening. When? <laughs> on the before podcast? You, no, before you started recording. But that's okay. So oh, I did a long I, run. I, I didn't listen to anything you were saying. Yeah. Yeah, did a long run on Saturday, so did 30, 33K, uh, two hours 26. But it was good to actually started from home and then jogged out and met um, met Brian and Rose uh hour and a half in and did an hour with them. So that was actually quite a good way of doing it. Um, Andy, why is Rose in Bendigo? Yeah, well, so she was – a place to go on a training camp. Well, it's a great spot. Um, <laughs> no, nah, so she was – she she's had this question a lot this week. I think she was meant to be going to Falls Creek, but um, MTC didn't didn't go up to Falls Creek um, because of that landslide that's on. That's happening very slowly at the moment. So she was keen to get out of um, Newcastle and just kind of get into that that training vibe. Um, and like we've got plenty of rooms here in Bendigo, and she um, yeah she's been down here a fair bit, and she likes coming down here and and training with uh, with our group. So she thought, why not? 
why not come down? And there's uh, there's not too many distractions in Bendigo, so it's yeah, it's good. Mm, interesting. That's mm. like that's that's good to hear that like she's motivated enough to go to Bendigo to train. Yeah, yeah, no, and she's um, I know she's actually been training really well this week. We've um, we've got a few younger boys that were quite happy just to um, kind of help her out and um yeah so she's got some good got some good training partners i think they're actually getting some good value because so often like running's so much about yourself and i think when you can give back to others it makes it so much more meaningful in a way so um they're really enjoying that as well so that was good Mm. that was sunday that was saturday sorry and then sunday was uh it was so good just going out in the long run i went with the group but only had to do an hour so that felt um yeah, felt good. So just did 14k uh, in the hour there, and I did 149k and croaks. You'll be happy with this. Only 1,551 meters of elevation. Mm, it's pretty good. That's about the same elevation that you had on the previous Sunday's long run over 27k. It is actually. That is very true. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Zatapex next. Yes, and- yeah. So I've entered Zatapec, um, and I am essentially locked in, um, which is good. I'm actually, I'm really looking forward to it. I I've been doing a little bit of track stuff of late, and it's kind of been been coming pretty easily and feeling pretty feeling pretty good and actually feeling pretty motivated. So I'm I'm pretty keen to get down there. I'm a bit disappointed it's at Lakeside. Um, it's just such a vibe kill down there, but should be good. And body's all like a hundred percent, no niggles. Yeah, no, I feel um I feel completely fine. So it's yeah, I can't remember the last touch wood, the last little niggle I had actually. It's um it's been a long time, which is good. Nice one. Um you don't like Lakeside Premier Track in in Victoria? Not at all. No. Not at all. no. Does anyone does anyone like it? I like it. What do you like about it? I like warming up and cooling down there. I like the grandstands, like I like to watch from grandstands like that. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> How's this? Uh, they actually had, so Vic Milers, they actually had 90% of the grandstand closed off because they didn't want to pay for the extra cleaning fee. Oh, boy. So where did everyone just stand on the fence? Or Yeah, there? well, they just sat in this little, like the, the first, as you walk in, oh, uh, they the just sat section. on the left there, yeah. But it was just oh, like... Boy serious like this isn't this meant to be our track like athletic victoria's track and yeah i don't know i just really like box hill you get in there and it's just got that intimate feel and it's um yeah. plenty of good memories at box hill so well you got the box hill people working it too mm. and so they're pretty good at it yeah they are isn't lakeside generally a bit windier as well yes seems to be windy um whereas box hill just seems to be nice and Nice and calm. I suppose that's what happens when you put a lake, a track next to a lake. Yeah. All right, Moose, you want to tell us about your week? Oh, yes, can do. Uh, so, oh, well, maybe you go first, okay? <laughs> well, that'll take about two minutes. Uh, yeah, I didn't run at all. Uh, so I've still, like, I haven't been um, feeling sick, but I've still been coughing stuff up. Um, so I'm almost over the end of that now, um, but also had a physio appointment on Tuesday. So went and saw him, um, explained exactly what had been happening that, you know, hurt myself on a Saturday, um, sort of improved 
enough over the next two days that I could walk without too much pain. Um, but then I reckon from like day like four to day 10, there wasn't much sort of progress at all. So I just wanted to see what he thought. And um, yeah, after assessing me, he said that I more than likely had like a small um, tear in my muscle, um, so medial sort of shin area. Uh, and he suggested like you need at least sort of two weeks. Um, so two weeks took me up until uh, Saturday. And like I wanted to test it, but I, back in my mind, I just knew it wasn't quite right because, you know, if I was to hop on it for 30 seconds or whatever, like it wouldn't be super painful, but there'd still be some awareness there. So um, I didn't run at all. Um, plus I figured I was still coughing stuff up. And what I didn't want to do was what I did last year with my calf. Um, I like hurt it and then took four days off, ran, took another seven days off, ran, and then it was COVID that sort of made me take a even longer period off. So I prefer to take, you know, two to three weeks off and get it 100% sorted. Um, but I did test it today, uh, this afternoon on the treadmill, just doing like four minute running and one minute um, like rest. Um, and like, it, like it was, um, I was able to run, but it was there. Um, same spot? I, yeah, same spot. So, it, like, it's not 100%, and it'll be interesting now to see just how it pulls up tomorrow. Like, it's definitely not what – I haven't gone back to where it was the day that I, you know, first did it, um, but it's – yeah, it's not right. It's not good to go yet. So, um, who knows, probably another week off, I guess. Yeah, there's calf strains in the, the Masters athlete. They're pretty common. <laughs> It's a real weird spot though, because it is it is real like low sort of like it's just above that medial malleolus, like that bone that sticks out. It's just above there, like along sort of the shin shin line. It does sound um, weird to be a calf strain then, doesn't it? Yeah, he said it's sort of where like there's a couple of muscles that run up through there. So like tib post runs up through there, um, and I think the muscle that attaches to like your big toe, like one of the how it's flexor or whatever it is, I don't know. But, um, yeah, anyway, it's sort of frustrating. Like, I've, I've enjoyed the – like, I haven't missed training, like, seriously. I have missed just going out for a run. Um, so, yeah, that's sort of what I'm missing. But, but like, the, the positive I'm trying to take out of it was, you know, it was mid-December last year that I hurt myself and then got COVID early January. So I pretty much didn't do anything from mid-December till quite close to the end of January. So as long as I'm running in the next, like, couple of weeks, like, I'm going to be a month ahead of where I was come, like, mid-January compared to where... A bit more ahead, given that how good the year's gone for you. Yeah, like, like it's been a solid year. Like, this is, yeah, like, it's been really... Fr like, this thing's been frustrating. Just, you know, I wasn't even running fast. Like, I was doing, you know, six-minute six minute reps on the treadmill, like, you know, 320s. Like, so it's not as if I was running fast to like tear anything um yeah but that makes sense but. yeah but anyway but like I'm, I'm okay like i'll be pissed off if i'm not running by like you know end of like by the start of the school holidays or christmas like then i'll be a bit pissed off because i've got you know six weeks of school holidays and i'll be able to do plenty of running and um hopefully yeah i'm not on the sidelines so anyway that's that's my week no running <laughs> that's not great no Anyway, all good. You do any cross training? Uh, not at this stage, no. I uh, yeah, probably won't either. 
I'm just like I'm not a, I'm not a member of a gym anymore, and I just couldn't be asked going out riding. So, like I'm ho- I'm really hoping it's just you know another week and it's it's right. Yeah, hopefully. Mm-hmm. All right, um, tell us about your week. Yeah, weather was horrid here on the Monday. I decided to jump on the treddy because of that, but also my knee was a bit sore after the Sunday run I did beforehand, a pretty hilly one, and it was good for 10K. My knee's always better on the treddy. And, yeah, so just did 10K, 4.45 pace. Um, I went out and ran a little bit hillier on the Tuesday morning, so ran an hour basically, and that was quite good. Leg pulled up well. Um, felt pretty good this week. Did a workout on the Wednesday morning, just around the river tracks that I've got. So they're not they're not great place to run workouts. If anyone ever comes down, I'll show you so that you understand what I'm talking about. But 20 minute threshold I did. So I wanted to do something straight. I didn't want to do threshold intervals. Uh, I averaged 166 for my heart rate, which was about right. Um, I reckon threshold for me is around that sort of low 170s at the moment. Um, so to average about 166 is good because it took to get right up. I hit a hill at about oh, five minutes in and, and that hill kicks the heart rate up to threshold pretty quickly. But without that hill, I reckon it would have taken about six, eight minutes to get it up, which is about the amount that I normally take. And then I had two minutes of jogging. And I went into um, 20 lots of 30-second hard, 30-second jog. So just 10 minutes. I wanted the ons to be sharp enough for me anyway. And just a short rest. So I actually did want this to be more like a fartlek where the spikes in my heart rate would be pretty high. I I would basically be going 1,500, 3K type effort by the time I got up to pace it would be pretty hard on the 30 second and so 30 seconds of jogging after that was not enough for my heart rate to go down so it was a it was a it was a tasty little workout 30 minutes total Uh, they're pretty sorry moose they're pretty hard those 30 seconds because you just like as a runner you get into you get used to that rhythm and I find 30 seconds you you get going then you got to stop again you're like oh shit like do you find the same yeah well Change of pace is not my forte. So by the time like I get up to <laughs> I get up to the velocity that I want, that's then I've got about 10 seconds at that. And then all of a sudden it's a very slow um, deceleration. I could so, imagine. <laughs> it's not impressive this fartlek of mine. Um, but by the at the start, you're like, oh, these 30 seconds take a while. But at the ver- the last couple of reps. You're looking down and you're thinking, fuck, I have to go already. Because mm, yeah. I think if you look at my heart rates towards the end, like one of the jogs, the you know, average heart rate was higher for the jog portion than it was for the on portion. And I think that was because it got up so high towards the end that it just didn't get a chance to go down. And by the time it finally got down, I was off again. Yeah, two, but that's, the 244k uh, split here on one of these 30s moose. Geez, that's going all right, isn't it, Croaks? Down, it is. Downhill or something? What's going on there? Well, uh, it says negative one metre. 
That's only a meter. That's like mm. 250. No, the yeah, gap then, is 247. I'm happy. Yeah. One of the gaps was 238. Oh. You're back. I should enter that 3K. Um, that was my where Wednesday. Kept rolling Thursday. Um, just out and back, actually, on a really nice track. So I was at my dropped the pier off at my mum's house. She looked, her and my sister looked after pier while I went for a run another kind of hour so i was progressing how far i was running this week I, instead of running like 45 minutes i would i was going a bit further and just getting a little bit more mileage in um there was a there was a workout race thing i was doing sunday so on friday i didn't do a workout i just did a faster finish type run um 45 minutes only and i think at like maybe 30 minutes i just did five minute blocks where i got progressively quicker uh maybe not quicker but i increased my heart rate um so i think i aimed to go like just easy pace for 30 minutes then five minutes one where my heart rate wouldn't like i wouldn't want it to go over 155 and then the next five minute block i didn't want it over 160 and then the next block i didn't want it over 165 and so that was just like a good way for me to do a progression without cooking it and it gives me a little bit of structure to my run and yeah i mean the heart rate because where 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 we're running is not a track so like you can give splits to run but if you're going up a big hill they're irrelevant so heart rate's better i um a better gauge of how hard i'm actually running then on Saturday, again, just just jogged, so 45, because Sunday morning we Surf Coast Track Club went and did the, the more than a run uh, Movember Lululemon collab relay um, in Geelong. So the finisher, which is a local running group, I think they may have played a big part in organising it, but Lululemon was there and um, who else was there? like move pod so just a couple of people that were involved in it. and we had six people do 5k each so we ran it around the track uh, i did as part of a long run um uh the boys like the, we had six guys everyone kind of varied their efforts from just a tempo run to um jimmy went flat knacker so it was good it's good to get out there. We jogged around the track and around the area to get our long run in. Um, it's fairly hard work. Like I did a 5K. My 5K effort started at I think about like 15K into my run. And I don't really run longer than <laughs> – I only run longer than 15K once a week. So by the time I got to my effort, I was pretty cooked already. Um, or I was at least not feeling like doing a, a hard 5K effort. So if, if you look, I did do five. The track, GPS is not bad on the track, 5.04. Um, 16.12, the time it gave, like I, I ran. Heart rate was like around threshold, which was about right. Although towards the end. 180, um, 185. Towards the end, we were not at <laughs> threshold. I give you the tip. <laughs> um, and if you actually have a look at the, uh, like in my Coros, you can look at the actual lap graph for the heart rate and it is just one big mountain. So although the average may have been 174, 
there was no it was it was it was too far it was faster than threshold bit of peer pressure hey people just pumping up the moose on the track yeah well i i said to them i said do you reckon they're a bit intimidated there's a world champs ramp here today and this was me like probably the fifth slowest bloke down there at looking like an absolute i was wearing my movember shorts there are seven inches trying to race hard around a track in seven inch shorts like a little bit baggy i had to take the extra large singlet because we didn't have any larges left uh i was not i was not looking like a runner um so on a scale of like one to ten how hard was that 5k oh seven so there's not a lot of motivation to run that hard I wanted it to be a hard effort. So I planned my week around it being a hard effort, not a threshold. So this was going to be a 5K at 5K effort um, in time trial mode, which is very different from 5K in race mode. <clears throat> yeah. So I reckon, it's, I reckon it's pretty impressive. Like you've done an hour beforehand and then got on the track, and I'm guessing you were probably solo or something like that. Oh, and I, like it's yeah. – yeah, it's not – I actually reckon it's pretty – like you look at that as a workout and that's that's a pretty good 5K split. So I think you've done well. That's – I don't know whether you're <laughs> winding like, me up. <laughs> no, I'm being serious. <laughs> Coming from like the guy who's 10 minutes ago, yeah, just rolled a, rolled a 3K at the end of a training session in 8.50. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, 16.12 is pretty good. Yeah, you have a look um, at Bruce and mine last year, and it's a little bit different, though. So Yeah, I appreciate that, Andy. I'm going to feel better about myself tonight. Yeah. Um, second fastest time of the day, though, that's points. Gunther ran 15.50-something. I reckon I look better than him, too, doing it. So what, what's, that's all that matters. So what's yeah. coming up now, Moose? You got any races locked in? I, like, Actually, I know that you have entered the, the Berlin Marathon lottery for next year. Mm, lottery, yeah. Yeah, look, I was actually going to do the um, Collingwood Classic this Thursday night, but I, I, it sold out. So I was. Um, oh, surely, look, surely there's somebody that listens to this podcast that can get you a start. Yeah, but they they opened the entries again at 8 p.m. last Thursday, and I had a work like gig, so I was I was meeting a bunch of like physios and stuff and at the time that it opened and it sold out straight away so yeah i tried to get my entry in but um unfortunately not so that would have been fun actually i would have i've got i've got some great news for you moose one of the guys i coach actually messaged me today and he was entered and he can't actually run yes b race or a race was he in oh i'm not gonna say a race um probably yeah probably your standard yeah oh yeah well let's see if i can run under his name Yep. Yeah, I'll... so if anybody from Collingwood Athletics Club's listening to this, just slide into the inside running um, Instagram DMs if, you, if you're if uh, you happy for Moose to have a run on Thursday. We'll get the big Moose there. Oh, then we'll see if that 16-12 was a, <laughs> was a time trial effort or not. Sure. Imagine, uh, imagine you... the money they'll make on ticket sales getting you their Moose. Or maybe beer sales afterwards. If I think we're going up as a group, like, all the, the Surf Coast guys joined up, so there's going to be four or five of us there. Not all of them, but it's going to be a carload going up. Oh, so you're going to be there regardless of getting a run? 
No, I was not going to go if I wasn't <laughs> running. I mean, it's on at 8.30 in Melbourne. I'm not going to go for a watch. Uh, we'll get you there, Moose. Don't um don't train too hard between now and then because that'll be a hard effort for the week. Yeah, no danger of that, mate. All right, let's uh, thank some Patreons. Who wants to go first? Uh, yeah, so I'll go first. So I've got Miles Layden. I think that's how you pronounce it. He's in Abbotsford, Victoria. I have no idea where that is. I'm just going to guess it's in Melbourne somewhere. Is Hips, that right? Hipster Central, mate. That is really next to Collingwood, Richmond area in there. Yes, that's why I don't know. I don't belong there. Um, <laughs> so we've got some estimated bests on Strava for him. So he's got 17.02 for a 5K. His 10K is 34.47 and half marathon is 79.47. So they're estimated bests. We think he is a undergrad paralegal, um, so a bit of suits action going there. Yeah. So, thanks, Miles. <laughs> that was a good series, wasn't it? It was. A, oh, it was, it was a good series, yeah. Yeah, it just it kept ha- like the same sort of theme just kept playing out, which I guess is a theme in all series where like there's a big threat to the getting exposed, <laughs> and it eventually becomes okay, but it comes back to bite them in a few episodes later, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Very much on trend with all the other series out there, but I liked it. I did. Have you guys seen Billions or heard of Billions? Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, that's another one. It's a bit more, um, or there's legal aspects to it, um, and a bit more of like the uh, like stock market um, on Wall Street. Uh, yeah, so that's on that's on stands. We've been watching that, and it's sort of got suits vibes to a point where like. Yeah, things that they do this episode or, you know, previous seasons come back to bite them in the ass. So, mm. yeah, I'd highly recommend Billions. Okay, cool. Who you got, Moose? Um, I've got Benji Hoppet. So Benji is from Queenscliff, New South Wales. Is that on the northern side of New South Wales? Uh, so, no, I think this is um, – there's a uh, suburb in Sydney, like North Shore, so around Man- Manly Way. Yeah, yep, yep. Um, 5K – 17.56 was park run, 10K 38.07, the 2022 20, sun run. That's Half, a run in Sydney, so that's not flat, that one. Yeah, I've heard of that, actually. Um, is that – where's that in Sydney? What suburb? Uh, yeah, so it's north It's north side as well, Right. North yeah. Shore. Yeah, so I think Tommy Tommy DeCano won that um, a few years back and ran pretty quick there, even though it's, like, a pretty slow course. Okay. Uh Benji's run 79.48 for the half at the Bay to Bay Half Marathon and Marathon 3.03 on debut at Canberra. That's pretty good. Pretty good. think he might be a performance analyst at New South Wales Cricket and also for the Sydney Sixers Big Bash team. Mm. Oh, wow. That'd, be, that'd okay. be a pretty cool gig, I reckon. Yeah. So what do you reckon he does then? Well, I reckon it's sports science type stuff. Like looking at... Uh, but what, what would you look at for cricket? Uh, well, you know, training load, um, I don't know, yeah. technique stuff, um, yeah, like biomechanic stuff. Like, or do you reckon you'd look at specific players, like how often they've gone out versus spinner? And oh, so maybe, the, yeah, the captain that's would true. bring a spinner on for that person or something. Yeah, it could be that as well. But I reckon, um, yeah, I reckon there's a fair bit of like, sports science to it. Mm. Thank you, right. Benji. 
And I've got Ryan McMahon. So Ryan lives in Adamstown, uh, New South Wales, which is, I think, a suburb of like Newcastle. That is Newcastle, yeah. Yeah. I uh, couldn't find a lot of results, uh, but he did run three hours and two seconds at this year's Melbourne Marathon. Uh, and I believe he's been an assistant principal and years three to six sports coordinator at New, New Lambton uh, Public School. So, um yeah, another smart guy, assistant principal. So when are you going to be assistant principal, Andy? Moving up never. to the ranks? No, nah, never, never. I'm I'm pretty happy just being the the average Joe classroom teacher. <laughs> nice yeah. one. Yeah. Well, well how, how, like Brady runs more than you, and he's an assistant. Oh, he's a principal, isn't he? No. Oh. <laughs> he was he was an assistant principal, but I think he was at a school that had like two kids or something like that. So like, surely <laughs> it's just. <laughs> Can't be that hard. He's the assistant principal of his house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's only the assistant. <laughs> well, uh, thanks. Yeah, th- thanks to Miles, Benji and Ryan. And, um, yeah, thanks to all the other patrons out there. Um, head over if you're keen to binge episodes one to seven of Road to Valencia before the boys run this Sunday. Uh, you can access that over there and they'll be bringing out episode eight um this week so they'll all be recording from over in europe uh in the next couple of days black roll share the vision to establish best practice fascial training common pain treatment and recovery strategies relevant for sports human performance corporate and medical applications due to different fascia training tools and methods their products and services are relevant across all fitness levels and life situations based on the involvement with scientific research Blackroll is an innovation leader in the field of fascial training and education. Blackroll products are lightweight, durable, and optimized for best effect and practicality during everyday use, enabling people to take their well-being and performance into their own hands on a daily basis. The products are made in Germany with 100% recyclable materials, and the production process is optimized towards energy efficiency and sustainability. For more information on Blackroll and their range, head to blackroll.com.au. To score yourself a discount on any purchases from the running collection on Blackroll's website, use the code INSIDE20 for 20% off at checkout. All right, running news. Um, Mm. We spoke about this off air. There's really not a lot on at the moment. So we've got Bankstown Milers Club and the ACT 3K champs to recap. Uh, Moose, do you want to start with the Bankstown Milers Club? Yeah, so there's a 1500 and a 5K on. So that's a good breakdown, like, of distances, I reckon. Do you know, Andy, it's disappointing there's only one 3K at the Milers meet. Yeah, they do it every year, and I don't know why, and they always do it early. Um, And sometimes it just doesn't work. And I don't know, thankfully, Box Hill have actually filled that gap with the Box Hill burn or the Box Hill Classic, but it is disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. and Richmond and Collingwood have stepped up to put oh, it's, meets on as well. It's so good to see. Like, I know Collingwood this week has got that, like, DMR. I think it is a relay yeah, where it's yep. two runners. Um, just stuff like that. It's so good to see that popping up as um, as different options. So, yep. yeah, it's the, there's some good results from this Bankstown Milers Club. Mm. Yeah, it was pretty fast. So, in the 5K, we had Luke Hintz win the men's 14.21, his run. Second was Cameron Gorman in 14.37. Nathan Breen was third, 14.53. Mm. 
That was solo too from Luke. He pretty much went from the gun, had no help whatsoever. So that's a pretty good um, time trial. Did you watch a stream of this, did you? Yeah, I did, yeah. They had it streamed, yeah. Um, Ainsley Van Grant won the ladies 16-10. Looks like she might have been solo too, Crokes. Yeah. for the last like for the last part, there was a group together early on, but then she cleared out probably halfway through the race. Okay. She she beat Jessica Noble, who was sixteen forty two, and Rosie Weber seventeen eighteen. Uh, in the fifteen hundred, Connor Whiteley ran three forty seven to beat Ben Jagger in three forty nine with Kieran Rushton three fifty. Pretty solid little runs. Mm, yep. Ruby Madden ran 4.30, Amelia May 4.34, and Rosie Copper 4.36. Also pretty solid little runs too. Yeah, they're doing good things at Bankstown Milers Meets. They put them on uh, probably like six of them throughout the year. Um, And they, yeah, do the community 5K races as well. So just trying to bridge that gap between like the recreational runners and like the, the elite track. Yeah, okay. Yeah, what's it's, their, you need them, don't you? Just expose people to racing. Oh, sorry, what's their stream like, Croaks, yeah, compared yeah, to? Yeah, good. So um, James Constantine and um, Matt Whipred, they're the oh, two yeah. that jump on and do that. So, um, yeah, they're all sort of passionate about the sport up there. So, yeah, like the um, stream's awesome. Yeah, nice. <clears throat> Lovely. Next we'll chat about, I'm guessing this is the ACT state champs. Is that right, Yeah. Croaks? Yeah, yep. so was. a few... Few people here probably using this as a good little hit out pre um pre Zatapec. So we had Cameron Myers actually running eight fifteen, so that's pretty uh pretty handy. And then we had Aaron how do you say Aaron's surname? Uh, Spiesberger Parker. Spiesberger Parker, yeah. So I know Aaron, just don't know how to say his last names. He came second in eight twenty two and then Drew Fryer was in third in eight thirty. So pretty um Pretty fast times there. I reckon I saw some stuff on Instagram where Josh Johnson was talking up a sub eight or something like that. Did you see that, Croaks? Or did I did see it on speech? Instagram, yeah, because Drew Fryer, uh, he's from Sydney, so he came down for the race. Uh, I'm not sure whether sub eight was ever on, and especially the conditions. It was pretty hot and windy. Um, yeah, so, right. yeah. uh, And that's that, that's Cam's second 3K win for the season because he won the New South Wales 3K champs in like yeah. 8.10 in a pretty tactical race. So, and he's only 16. Oh, so that's him. I've heard yeah. about him, but I didn't know his name. That's, um, yeah, wow. Yeah. That'll be interesting to see how he how he progresses. He'll probably be doing uh, De Costella 3K. Is that a thing? Yeah, yeah, you think so. Yeah, you'd have mm. to think he'd be one of the favourites. Yeah, he might be. Uh, and then in the ladies, we had Leanne Pompiani in 9.09. Uh, Zoe Buckman, a uh, bit of a blast from the past there, 9.22. And then Darcy Bell, Roberts in 10.09. So uh, Leanne's obviously moving pretty well, and you'd have mm. to say she's um, she could be one of the favourites for Zatapec, I reckon, in the women's race. Yeah, she's going well. She's up in yeah. um, Perisher at the moment. So they, they've been up there for oh, probably like a week and a half, and they drove down that morning. So they ran up there in the morning, drove down, raced, and then did their long run again up there uh, like late Sunday morning. Yeah, wow. Just a quick Jeez. trip down from the mountain. Mm. Yeah, right. Obviously uh, paying off for him first and first and second. Yeah, yep. She's going, yeah, so Land's had a really good year. So interesting to see what she does at Zatapec. Uh, that's it for the running news. Like, I couldn't really think of any other major events that have happened around the place, either domestically or internationally. So we'll go to list a question and we might do a couple of them. Uh, all right, leading into summer, do you think it's good to avoid the heat and sun by getting up earlier 
or running in the late afternoon and using the heat for further gains? If so, would you do your easy runs and sessions in the Arvo or one over the other? And that question comes in from Ben Percival. Good question given this time of year. Mm, yep. It is, it is. And I think Moose is going to be the expert here, so we might let him go first and you and me, Croaks, can, pick can get, it, get it all wrong and then he'll, he can say how stupid we are. But um, I don't know, I, I'm a massive fan of going early because I think most runners overtrain and training in the heat of the day is just such a big stress on your body and it's so hard to recover from it. You get so much more dehydration. dehydration. So I don't think it's actually worth the gains. I think you actually just dig yourself into a hole. So I don't think it's worth uh, using it for heat gains unless you are preparing for a hot marathon or a hot race or something like that. But I think it's definitely um, – it's definitely worth going early in the morning. That's the best time to run during summer. Hmm. Yeah. I think it depends on the session and what you tr- like and the event that you're training for a little bit. If I was training for a marathon and obviously like your reps are longer, the time that you're out there is longer, I would definitely go in the morning to get it done. If I'm a like a 1500 meter track runner and I'm doing you know 400 meter reps in the heat like i wouldn't be as concerned doing that in the afternoon when it's hot um but if if i'm training for probably anything longer than a 10k the the type of training and the type of sessions that you're doing i'd much prefer to get those out of the way in the morning and then go for my second jog in the 35 40 degree heat as a, as a heat gain um you know there's obviously less stress going out for a very slow jog in that sort of heat than they would be doing the session yeah, the like most people do overcook r- running in summer, and and I think a lot of our listeners work outside too, which means like they've already spent the day in the sun, um, which makes running after work near on impossible, really, considering mm-hmm. like eight hours of just like sun exposure with also manual labour. That that is so hard. I got a lot of respect for guys that can do that. Um, I think leading into summer is the time that you would get up and and you wouldn't be too worried about the heat. So early exposure at the start of summer will actually uh, condition you to handle the heat throughout summer um, a lot better. I, I think if you avoid the heat at the start of summer and then you um, then you're forced to have to train for whatever reason through some warmer days in summer. You won't be able to handle it if it's if you've kind of been avoiding it by running super early, like in late November through December. So I don't, I think it's actually quite a good strategy to get out there in the in the hotter days leading into summer. Um, but I do think you've got to look at the purpose of your run and decide whether the actual extra stress of heat is going to be detrimental to the purpose of your workout and if the workout is a re- recovery run you i don't like if it's proper recovery say it's the the monday after a hard long run or the wednesday after a hard track session then i would prefer that to be done without heat stress but if it's just an aerobic run um maybe in between those days, like where it's not a proper recovery run, then you can add heat stress for sure. Uh, I don't think, like there's limits though. There's, there's going out for an hour and a half in 40 degree weather versus running for 45 minutes in, in 30 degree weather. 
So you've got to be smart about it. And also, like, we can probably take this a little bit further. And I know this is the time of year where when I send out my athletes' programs, like, I obviously give them sort of rough paces for sessions. But I'm like, hey, just remember that these are a guide and are based on, you know, you having pretty good conditions. So, like, you know, if I'm basing it on their their last result and their last result was like 10 – it was you know, they are running in 10 degrees, no wind, and then they're now going out and training in – you know, 25, 30 degrees, like it's going to be much harder or perceived effort or effort is going to be much harder to hit those paces than it would have been in those ideal conditions. So don't be a slave to the GPS in summer because you will cook yourself. Yes, like your sessions may actually be not as impressive for the next three, four, five months. So focus a bit more on effort. But then when you come out the other side into autumn, like then you realise how fit you are. Yeah, and I actually have – this will be interesting because I know – I'm not going to do it for the marathon, but let's look at 10K times. So I'm going to plug in 10K time. Andy, what's your PB? Uh, I actually don't know. 28, 20 something? As if he doesn't know, Christ. <laughs> Fucking hell. I'll, I I'll, I'll plug in 28, 20, and uh, let's look at the temperature – like at the effect of temperature, and this is Jack Daniels has a um, has a bit of a calculator. So your optimal temperature for running the 10k is about 16 degrees. When you and now let me throw it. So say you've got a hot Zatapec, right? Yeah. When it when it's 29 degrees, you, the adjusted time is 29.24. That's Six that's seconds a fair a bit, right? That's that, yeah. yeah, like that goes from you having a really good day to having a really slow day. Yeah, and I actually remember Zatapec last year was a hot hot and humid one, whereas when I ran my PB was that one at Box Hill, which was like perfect conditions. So Yeah. It, but how many times, Moose, do you see people go, oh, my PB's like, say, 28.30, and it's still 29 degrees. Absolutely. And they're like, all right, I'm going to go. Like, I'm, I'm in good shape. I want to run a PB. And as you said, like, they're – their adjusted time is probably more like 29.20, but because they go out at PB pace for the first maybe 3 or 4K, they end up running 30.20. Especially when you look at this, from 16 degrees running 28.20 to 21 degrees, 28.45. And and I don't think anyone's making pace adjustments for 5 degrees of temperature. I, I, like, Andy, you get to Zatapec, are you changing your your race plan or your expectations based on five degrees? No, not at all. Not at all. I well, wouldn't think about it. It should be. Yeah, I mean, yeah. This is going to be a this is going to be a little head fuck for Brady, but I'm going to put the marathon in. Um, and let's just chuck in two nineteen. What's his PB? Two nineteen fifty two. Yep. Two nineteen fifty two, and he ran that. It was a fairly warm day. I don't think it was over sixteen. Maybe eighteen. It was. Um, so sixteen. He's run two nineteen fifty two. Let's say it gets up to twenty one by the end of Valencia. Two twenty one fifty eight. That's mm. two twenty two. That's like mm. he's not happy with that anymore. He's not happy leaving Valencia, and he can't claim it's hot because. Boys, I've run a marathon in Doha. It ain't that hot. <laughs> mm. Let's do it reverse. Let's put in 219.40 and 
for 40, 48 degrees, which is what it was when I ran. 48. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon I'm a 2.6 man. <laughs> anyway, oh I think, my God. like, <laughs> these calculators, they're quite, like, they, they're a reality check, I reckon. I reckon you've done that calculation before, haven't you? You've told yourself it was 45 <laughs> yeah. degrees and you go, oh, yeah, I'm actually a 204 guy. Could you imagine Marissa at the pub? Someone yeah. says, oh, this is Julian. He ran at the World Championships and his PB is like 214. But like, hey, hey, look, look at this calculator. When I put my PB in and it was actually 32 degrees that day, I'm really a 26 man. Yeah, yeah, three years later, five degrees each year, it gets warmer. Don't worry about that. Well, it looks like Valencia on Sunday, it's a low of 10, top of 17. So that shouldn't be uh, too much of a hassle for the boys, especially coming, you know, they've had a few warm days here since, like, before they left. So Yeah, that's no, that's that's perfect. Mm. Yeah, it's no excuse weather. Um, all right, good question. I enjoyed discussing that one. Let's do one more. Uh, worst chafing you've ever had? And that came in from uh, Patrick uh, Doherty. Yeah, fuck, I'm a chafer. Like, I'll go out for a 20-minute run when it's 10 degrees and there's no, like, rain or sweat, and I'll come back with chafing. And crutch, it's always in my crutch. Mm-hmm. So, like, I am, ugh, there's something about my skin where it just likes to, like, blister up. It's, um, it's not, a, it's not a, my best trait, chafe. <laughs> I, the worst example, I reckon... Um, getting in the shower after this big ultra marathon I did and I don't think I put on enough body glide or there was there was like it was 10 hours no yeah 10 hours worth and at that point like you wear a pack and so stuff rubs that you would never expect to rub um and like six hours in you're like fuck what's that rubbing and then another four hours later that rubbing's turned into full-on like open wound um but the crutch for me is always the worst i know i'll like i'll turn around i'll turn the car around if i've forgotten to put anti-chafe on i'll turn around drive back to the house and put it on because that's how much i chafe and i can't think of any like specific examples where it's been that horrid because there's been so many yeah right i reckon i've only ever had it like slightly on the nipples and i've only noticed it like once you get into the shower and you're like, oh, shit, what's that? <laughs> um, but that's just been like a few, like I can, not even in my marathons, um, actually know a little bit in when I did Com Games because that singlet was slightly heavier, whereas, um, yeah, kudos to Ernie Old with their singlets, don't get any chafing at all. So that's, I'm yeah, I'm pretty lucky by the sounds of it. Mm. I haven't had, um, well, I haven't had bad chafing for years either, cause, mainly because I just think I'm so prepared for it now. So, like, if I'm running a marathon, like, I tape up my nipples. So that's never an issue. Um, if, uh, yeah, and, like, I often wear tights now um, if it's going to be wet or if I think I'm going to chafe. Where it sort of catches me out sometimes is, like, the first, like, hotter, humid day where I'm just out for like my 90 minute run or whatever and just wearing a shirt and in winter it's not an issue but then you get that sort of first hot humid day by the end of 90 minutes I'm like oh yeah my nipples are just a little bit sort of sore um but I've known anything bad for years I reckon when I was doing triathlons I used to get some pretty bad chafing from the um the wetsuit up around my neck 
when oh, you're yeah. like, yeah, yeah, so like, because you obviously you're turning your head so much and the, you know, those full suit, um, the full like length wetsuits, they just like, you know, if you're out there swimming for a couple of kilometres, it, um yeah, chafes pretty bad through there. Let's just hit the pause on this for a second because what are we, episode 265, I don't think you've ever said that you had triathlon days. We've been too scared to bring it up. I've never heard this. Well, they didn't last. So it was when I first – so I guess I started running year 10, year 11 at school and at the same time started doing some triathlon. So I used to do a little bit like, yeah, end of high school and then I did a half Ironman triathlon when I was – I just finished high school. So I was 18. Um, and that was the last triathlon I ever did. And then oh, I just yeah. went to, I just focused on running because the run leg was always like my best. Like I could swim okay. And like, I was never that great on the bike, but the run was, you know, where I was making up places. I thought, you know what, I'll just focus on the run. So yeah, I did do some triathlons, but they're all over by the time I was 18. A lot of things started to make a lot more sense. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, back to back to chafing. Have you heard of so the best chafing story I've ever heard is the Sean Crichton Berlin Marathon chafing story. Have you guys ever heard that one? No. Nah, go bring it, bring it. All right. So he was over in Berlin and he wore a brand new pair of shorts. So had never been through the wash before, and got to about the 35k mark, and he started to get chafe on his knob. So. In the last like few kilometers, he's pretty much so. This is this is the day that he ran two ten twenty. He's got chafing, chafing on his knob, and he's pretty much got like one hand down his pants to try and like keep <laughs> keep the keep the short away from his, from his dick. Like, and so could you imagine that? Here's a guy running two ten through the streets of Berlin. <laughs> he's got one hand down his pants. <laughs> That's a great story. Uh, that's uh, yeah, that's the uh, Shawnee Crichton um, Berlin chafing story. What about the? Um, there's a photo getting round from a marathon where instead of putting tape or like anti-chafe balm on his nipples, the guys just cut big holes in his singlet, and so his nipples just hang free. <laughs> so he's wearing like a singlet with. Um, with two holes cut out, so you can like all you see is nipples. That's great. That reminds me <laughs> of um of the Gold Coast winner, the Japanese guy from oh, yeah. three years ago. He was wearing an all white singlet, and I actually Shikara? went. Shikara? Yeah, when he come past me, I thought he had like the Japan flag and something else, but it was actually this <laughs> these big blood stains around his nipples, and you're like, oh man, that's gonna sting. Fuck yeah. yeah. And then oh, he ran back to the hotel with it. Really? Yeah, I might have changed his clothes, but he ran back to the hotel after that. Mm. Well, the moral of the story for listener questions this week is be cautious in the heat and prepare yourself so you don't have chafing. Yeah, and on that, there's like, what what do you use? So Vaseline's a no. Don't even, don't start with that um, because that's gunky, it's gross, fucks all your clothes up, um, it doesn't breathe. So it's like it doesn't help with sweat. So there's two products that I use. One's Body Glide, which is like a balm, and the other is Two Tom Sports Shield, which is like a uh, it's like a roll-on deodorant style setup, and it's more um, 
it's not as balmy, like it's more of a, a slick, and that's the best one I've ever used ever. So if we were looking to buy some of this stuff, Moose, where could we possibly buy it from? Well, there's probably a few locations around Victoria, but the like the spot where you get the most premium service is the running company Geelong. Speaking of that, Andy, I've actually posted you some shoes today. You should get them Have tomorrow. You? Yeah. Oh, really? Fair oh, New thanks. Balance. Fair New Balance more. So I sh- shouldn't bring up Cyber Monday deals then, Moose. <laughs> ah, mate, we're just talking – andy has got a pair of New Balance Moors coming to him. Big cushion shoes. Hopefully they don't give him an injury because he's Very going exciting. okay. Mm. No, thanks, Moose. I look forward to seeing them. Well, yeah, hopefully they get there. Bendy goes a ways if, away. Yeah, I don't know if there's actually shoes coming now or not. Yeah, well, I'll have to post them tomorrow now. <laughs> Make sure. <laughs> get free to post them. <laughs> Someone will post them. All right, Moose. Moose oh, on the yeah. loose. Purchase of the week. Oh. Um, uh, purchase. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, what have I bought lately? I bought some, you know what I bought from Black Friday? Dog food. I'm like, if I buy some dog food, it means I don't have to go to the pet store for, for two more batches. So I bought two things of dog food. Well, what about a, that? What about the poor bloke who owns the, owns the local pet shop? Yeah, pet stock. You know, they're good. That's who I bought it from, though. Oh, okay. So yeah. Petstock, Ballarat Company, the family used to shop at our store, and they were great. Like, and they always had a really good feel to the company. Like, their headquarters were there. Um, I used to I used to like their vibe. So Petstock's my choice. And I go back to that store because of that, because they had such a good experience with the, the, the company in Ballarat. I go to the Geelong one now. Um, so, yeah, they're a good uh, – I got some pet food and – Oh shit! I just I'm on a bit of I'm I'm tightening the purse strings, Croaks, because November, it's not the busiest month for the running company. So we tighten the purse strings in November. There's not a lot of purchases. Um, but then you'd have a big December, wouldn't you? December is better, yeah, because the weather's nicer and um, people are are out exercising more. And all of a sudden we start selling some gift cards. So don't be shy in in hooking up your friends. They'd love a gift card, by the way. Mm. people out there just give us a call send us a text on on instagram nothing pissing you off moose oh there's always stuff that's pissing me off uh is there anything lately that we've talked about on the chat Mm, not really i saw something come up on uh, like facebook chat today about coaches who have a coaching accreditation with aa having to pay for a pass for national law schools Mm, that that's a bit to... niche. That's a little bit niche. I don't, <laughs> I don't know the politics of that one quite, quite enough. I mean, I I get pissed off with these days the coaching world where everybody's a coach. So every personal trainer is now a running coach, and they're doing technique coaching too. So they're going to teach you how to run on your forefoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone that's done one basic day of course of running training somewhere is now a coach and they're charging big money um, for online coaching or someone coached their brother to or their sister to run the marathon at Melbourne and they made the start line and ran the race and they got fitter from the start to the end and all of a sudden now they're they're a running coach uh I sort of (laughs) it it, there's a lot of pseudo coaches out there 
And I think people underestimate the influence a coach can have. Uh, you have to – it's a lot more than just giving out training programs. It's not like coaching should be someone that you trust, that you can have like a, a big influence on someone's health, uh, more than just their physical health. If you injure someone, then the consequences – can go for a very long time on that person physically and mentally. So, yeah, I, 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 I just maybe warn people to uh, consider what they're doing um, before they go advertising their services to, to the general public. All right, good one. Um, that pretty much wraps up our show. A little bit, uh, a little bit shorter this week than normal, I guess. When my training week goes for about two minutes that uh, will shorten the week a little bit uh what's coming up there's a bit coming up actually in the next week we've got the albie thomas mile which doubles up as the aussie mile champs so that will be live streamed um on either like bankstown athletics new south wales athletics or aa one of those three um we have valencia marathon so Brady, Toby and Christian, so those that have been following the Road to Valencia series, uh, episode eight will be out this week. Um, so, um, Brad, sorry, yeah. they're racing this Sunday. Yes, this Sunday. Tell, uh, we need predictions. Yeah, we'll get to that. Oh, so, we'll... Yeah, we'll get to that. I was just going to say send those three boys some love. Um, yeah, and I guess from all of us, like I hope they all run really well. They've certainly been training well. Um, predictions. Uh you go first then, Moose. Oh, me. So, yeah, that, it's been good to follow on Road to Valencia and hear, um, hear the boys training. It's sort of three kind of different builds, I guess. Uh, it's always insightful. It's good to hear Brady on the other podcast as well. Um, has to do a bit more work there, I reckon. Those boys don't quite carry him like we do. Yeah. I'm going to say I'm going to say Brady, I'm gonna, he's going to run 218 low because – um that'll be a good result i reckon he'll like the marathon people give out marathon times too easy you know how often do you get do you nail like the marathon that you're supposed to it's very rare that someone goes into a marathon i know he's fitter than low 218 i know he's fitter but it's just rare that he will actually like that anyone can run what their actual potential is on the day so I'm going to say 218 low, but he he is fitter and has the potential to do more. Um, uh, Christian, he's going to run 224. He's going to, and that's not against Christian, but his lead in the last two weeks have been shit. I don't think this is the way you run your fast marathon. The way he's come off um, since Ber- off since Berlin. Berlin, really, he hasn't done a lot. Uh, so he's going to go out at 71, and he's going to run 73 for the second half. Um, Maybe 73.30. So 224.30 for Christian. Toby, oh, mate, this is Toby. Toby's fit again. He's only run two marathons. So I think that's working against him a little bit. I think he needs a few more under the belt. I think his race depends a lot on what the women do. Um, and if there's a pack that goes out around 2.16, then I think that's where he wants to be or that's where I would want him to be. I'll chat with him, obviously. you probably hear this before I chat to him. <laughs> um, and I think he, him kicking down off that ladies' pack would be ideal. And even with ladies that go a bit quicker the second half, like you can get 2.15 girls there. That could be perfect for him to come home with a bit of a negative split there. Mm. That's mm. That's 
that's my predictions. Well, that's Ooh. not a prediction for Toby, but that's what I want to happen. You got any predictions, Andy? Oh, I haven't been paying too much attention. I haven't been listening, so well, I don't maybe, Well, maybe for Brady. For Brady. What's your PB, Brad? Uh, 217.28. I reckon he's going to just sneak under that. He should. Yeah. So that's that's I what I'll be hoping for. And I can probably Toby will be a little bit ahead of him. Yeah, Christian, who knows? He'll probably be behind him, but yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think I said a few weeks back that I thought Brady should run like – Anywhere from 216.30 to low 217s, like based on what he's been doing in training. Um, and yeah, Toby, uh, like a little bit quicker than that. So somewhere in that sort of 215 to 216 range. Um, and Christian, yeah, low low 220s. Like I know he's gunning for this sub 220, but um, I just don't think given you know, I think in the lead up to Berlin, I think that was his like he was in shape to do that. Um, but I just don't think you can expect to hold that sort of shape with what he's done since Berlin. So hopefully he proves me wrong. Um, but yeah, low two twenties for for Christian. So um, do you, do you um, like the Brady prediction's tough because he is definitely in shape to run faster than what he had. Like if you go back and look at my two sixteen thirty race or whatever it was. His training is so much more advanced than what I was doing. But there's just such a, a gap between people's marathon training and the marathon results, don't you think? Mm, Have you, yeah. Like, you see that all the time. Yeah, no, nah, I agree. And I think, I think what, what hurts Brady is he, the first few marathons he did, he thought they were going to be easier than what they were, and he's kind of a bit scarred from them. So I think he's nearly – he's waiting to hit the wall in his mind and he's never had a like a, a good marathon um and i think he doesn't get anywhere near his potential because he's just keeps falling back into um those previous experiences which would be really hard to because if that's all you've ever felt it's really hard to come up with something different but it's um yeah i don't know you need everything to go right and i just don't think he's um i think he's definitely capable and his mm. fitness is so much better than what he could run and i really hope he does have a good one and um because he's had a great year this year and it's, it's been a really different year for him and i think he's really pulled back on his running which is what he's kind of needed to do so hopefully he has a good one but it's just i don't know it's it's easier said than done to say that just looking at their training compared to what actually happens on race day the, the reason uh, yeah. why I think he will run a good one this time is I just think, like, he's a, he's a different athlete to, you know, his previous marathons. I feel like this year, like, 315-kilometre pace now for him, I feel like he's very, very efficient at that compared to what he was a few years ago. And I also feel like he has um, addressed maybe the strength component, which, you know, always sort of, that's that's probably what brought him undone was the back end of those marathons. Whereas now, like you look at his look at his training block, look how many like three hour runs he's had, stuff like that. I feel like he's one a more efficient runner at faster paces, but also a stronger athlete. Yeah, and um, he is hasn't, sensationally hasn't too, hasn't he? Like every race, he has been, he has he's been he's raced it nearly mm. perfectly. He's yeah. he's executed everything so well. So if we follow the um, follow the 
the series of his racing over winter, then he should execute this at a very high level. And I think him going through like 68.30-ish, like, you know, that based on how fast he's been running over 10 and even like half, like that, that should feel pretty comfortable for him. And I reckon he should be able to then just roll that again for that sort of 2.17. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you put it like that, <laughs> sounds easy, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, you'd um, be a fail if you didn't do that. Yeah, so those, as I said before, those that want to go and binge on the last seven episodes, go over to Patreon, um, and then you can work out what your predictions are based on all their training. Uh, we've also got Fukuoka Marathon on Sunday. So Brett Robinson is running there, uh, and Jack Rayner will be pacing. Um, and the other one is the CIM Marathon. Is that Los Angeles, Moose? Uh, that's California, Sacramento. isn't it? Sacramento, yeah. So and I think Ed, I think Ed Goddard might be running in that one. Um, See, so odd, it's an odd call from Ed, though, given the race is net downhill. It's in the illegal bracket where it won't count for records or qualifying times. So yeah, it, it makes no sense to me why you would do that. Well, especially at the level he's at now, where it's about trying to. Um, I guess, qualify for, you know, Aussie teams, which to do that, you either have to run a legal time or rely on points. And, like, do you get, like, does this, uh, can you still get points through this one? I doubt it because it's a, uh, it's not a legal or a recognised race. Mm. So it would be a shame for him to have an absolute blinder and then you go, oh, you know, maybe I should have done Fukuoka instead, you know, like, and have it actually count. Yeah, I I wonder if maybe you can uh, reach out to Ed and get his thoughts on it. All right, I'll do that within the next week. Uh, Andy, what do you got coming up? School camp and then Zatapec? Anything else yeah. exciting? Um, no, I was just going to mention that uh, Sinead's also running Valencia as oh, well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, Crows. Fuck, mate. <laughs> well, you were doing predictions. Where are your prediction, Moose? Oh, yeah. Sinead's gone under the radar with this, though. Good, Andy. She has. Good, yeah, good, good by Andy. Good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think she's going to run really well. Like, I think uh, when you guys had her on and you mentioned that it's she's going to be running with the males, like, this is going to be the first time she's going to have that for a, a long time um, compared to just the females only. And <clears throat> was chatting to her the other day, and she seems seems like she's ticking along really well, and she's been in London kind of training. So it's, um yeah, I think she'll have a blinder. Well, you know, if Brady was here, he'd be dishing out the Aussie record right now because he loves doing no, that. He does, yeah, Aussie record. <laughs> yeah, I was speaking to Ali, though, on the weekend, and she said the same thing as you, Andy. She goes, Sinead is going to have a really good one. Yeah, I reckon she will. You're so. going to give her the Aussie record, Moose? No, I'm not because you can't just give them out like that, and the chances are against her for breaking an Australian record, but I think she'll have a good one. Two twenty three thirty. I don't. I've got no. I, I haven't seen her training or anything. So um, I'll go two twenty three thirty. Oh yeah. All right. I'll go. Uh, no, I I can't, I I can't. I haven't seen one training session she's done. So I'm you sorry. heard she's on. She's on the show. Yeah. He wasn't listening. <laughs> I do listen to that guest. Not like <laughs> um. I'm gonna say two. Yeah, 224 low is still a brilliant run. Mm. 224 low. All right, so big weekend of athletics coming up, both here and abroad. Uh, Moose, what do you got? Collingwood on Thursday? Yeah, perhaps. We'll see. Yep. Uh, and then I've got a um, 
the, the Lara Fun Run's on this Sunday, just north of Geelong, so we sponsor that. We're going to go out there and have a marquee. It's going to apparently there's going to be good weather this weekend, so I'm not going to I'm not going to race it because I'll be working, but it'll be good to get out and get amongst the uh, get amongst the running community, fun runners. Very good. Well, enjoy. Um, thanks again for joining us for episode 265. We'll be back next week. Uh, we haven't locked in our guest host, um, but then yes, after we next have. week, oh, we, we have. We've locked yes. in. Yeah. All right. Um, should we tell them who it is? Ellie. Ellie. Yeah. So Ellie's on again next week, uh, where we'll be recapping. Uh, yeah, Valencia. So thanks again, Andy, for filling in. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Andy. All the best for Zadapec. Thanks, boys. This episode of the Inside Running Podcast is brought to you by Blackroll, innovation leaders for simple but effective tools that empower you to take your health and performance in your own hands. Head to blackroll.com.au to learn more about their range used by the best athletes in the world.